Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yeah! Oh, it feels good, doesn't it? I mean, it's a sensation. It's kind of like my left ear if it will ever pop i've been waiting for it to pop i blew my nose on the i think it was the 13th tee box and i got a i got a clog in the left ear and you know i went to the grab both nostrils and blow and it's supposed to pop both your ears and it hasn't i've i've had something for the last three weeks or so. I, I'm not sure what it is. You, feel, okay? you sound a little clogged today. Yeah. And I've been waiting all day for that left ear to pop. I, I'm considering if the head doesn't clear during the show tonight to run out to my truck, grab a screwdriver, and jam it in my left ear. Okay? I, I'm talking about halfway through the left ear. And... uh. Yeah, I told you that. I, we had this conversation about a month ago, month, month and a half or so ago. I, I, I said that, you know, when you talk about all the great sensations that there are in the world, bodily sensations, uh, the popping of the year to me is is really up there. It is way up there. Super underrated. Mm-hmm. I was going to say sneezing, but everyone, that's... It it actually releases like a dopamine type feeling. Sneezing for like is wonderful. A half a second, yeah, you get super high. I don't like to be around people who sneeze, but of sneezing yourself is wonderful. Uh, the popping of the ear, though, is um, you know, and I've I, I went on, I've read about it, I've studied it. I, I went to visit my doctor lately. He's like, man, you got the cleanest ears I've ever seen. I'm like, I clean them every day. But, yeah, I go to bed at night, and, you know, when I swallow, I get, like, the crackling. And I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's a side effect of the vaccine. Maybe it's a side effect of, of COVID. Uh, which, by the way, I, I don't talk politics. That's just awful. It really is. I mean. Every time somebody dies. Well, Twitter is so oh, vile yeah. right now. I mean, I, I finally responded to something last night. It's the first time I've ever responded to something that was non-sports related. It's like some jackass is like, well, you know, tell me one person you know who has died of COVID who was, uh, that, who, yeah, who did not take the vaccine. Everyone who's dying took the vaccine. And I'm like, listen, whether you took it, whether your job made you take it, regardless of the set of circumstances, good American human beings are dying. You don't have to make a big deal about whether or not you took the vaccine or you didn't take the vaccine and the results of the people who were dying. It's still good people. And there was a tremendous amount of misinformation that was being thrown around. I, that's why I love sports, because politics becomes some so vicious 
that, that people actually are glamorizing the fact that others are dying because they didn't do what they did. I finally lost my mind last night on Twitter. I was like, screw you. <laughs> You're like the last person on earth to finally lose it and, and make a comment either one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, my that, best that buddy would, that... died last year, the godfather Jim King, unvaccinated, and this guy's putting out there that the only people who are dying are vaccinated. I mean, just don't lie. What? And I'm not telling you to get the booster or not get the booster or you should have gotten the vaccine. Or sh- but, again, people are dying. Can't, can't oh, yeah. we try to They're... find ways to... To help one another and not wish ill people on people? People dancing on graves. You know, that was very popular as well in the, you know, uh, when the vaccine just came out and people were dying of COVID that weren't vaccinated. And, like, people on Twitter were, like, dancing on the graves of the unvaccinated. Like, look at these idiots. Of course and it goes it's both like ways. the opposite. Yeah. yeah it goes both ways. <laughs> there's, you know, and I'm not worried no about decorum. it for myself. But <laughs> no what, decorum on Twitter. What do you say to your 85-year-old dad? You know what I mean? Who's not on Twitter, thankfully. It, it's just, Thank God. Um, I just wish there would be a little bit more sensitivity to families and people who are gone, regardless of whether or not they got it or didn't get it. It's, uh, it's, it, it's appalling. It really It's sad. It's beyond sad. But anyway... Lost my mind on that last night. I have something. I I have. Oh, no, I do. I clearly do. I mean, <laughs> I have. Uh, since the MRI is clean, I've told you, okay, and I good. I don't really talk about this with my listeners, but I've had major issues where they totally went in and did every type of stre- uh, tr- uh, stress test and EKG and MRI, and they looked at my heart. Then they did the same thing with the brain. Okay, it's cost me. Even though I have good insurance, it's cost me thousands of dollars. To try to figure out what's wrong. And no one knows. So they're convinced now that I have one of two things. These are side effects from COVID or side effects from the vaccine. It's one of the two. So that would mean, based on what I see on Twitter, the fact that I'm admitting that I took the vaccine, uh, vaccine there's people out there who want to see me die to, to, to prove their point, right? Because that's what it's about nowadays. It, it, it's all about... Not, oh, man, I wish, that he sucks had, for Rick. wish he had better information. I wonder where he got all that. No, Blue took the vaccine. Like, I hope There's Rick's a good okay. chance he's going to drop dead. How cool is that? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's unbelievable. How cool is it that? really is. It, it's, it's frightening to see how, how uh, you know. Uh, Hack, you're moving up to 6 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helmets and heels now. <laughs> Five nights a week beginning at 6 o'clock. Baloo took the vaccine. Baloo is dead. Jesus. By the way, we'll tell you where the grave is for Baloo so all of you uh, all unvaccinated people can go and take a big leak on them, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe what I'm reading. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm like, these are, these are your, these are, these are Americans. They, they, these are your neighbors to your to say, left, the neighbors your to your right, members and you're celebrating their death because they didn't do what you did. Oh, it's just uh, it's the internet, bro. It's a sick place. It really is. I mean, I love it for sports. Yes, like Twitter. I mean, I would I wouldn't have one if I didn't have this job. But like. It's sort of, there's like a few Twitters, you know, sports Twitter, politics Twitter, a couple other ones. But, like, 
you you even if you're just on there for sports, you can't get away from the other stuff. It's it's there. Well, I'm looking at my Twitter right now. And sports is so political nowadays, too. I have I follow 240 people. They're all in the world of sports. I only use Twitter for sports. That's it. And I, I've noticed that recently, ever since you know Twitter has changed and Elon has taken over, that I, I have more political garbage that pops up on my timeline, and I'm like, why am I getting this? Let Did me it- give you a secret. If you go to, like, if you see that a guy that you follow that you might like his sports takes, but he always retweets a bunch of, like, pol- political crap that you don't like, if you click on his account, there's an option to not see anything they retweet. Yeah. So, like, you just see the stuff that they say, which I found has helped me from unfollowing a good amount of people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I just looked online here, man. But all of a sudden, we got a ton of people. Oh, jeez. We got people say, boy, I thought you never talked politics. I, I, I never do talk politics. It's the late show. I never do. But, I mean, I, how, can you, how can you be okay with other people dying? It's just, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's really sad to me. It is. And, you know, I've been dealing with this for months, and I have never said a word to anyone about it. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to make it about me. I have no problem making certain things about me, but not health-related issues. And, man... Let it go, people. Stop wishing ill on others just because they don't have the same political belief that you have. It's 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 awful. It we really are is. getting some advice to help your ears. Yeah, what do you got here? Yawn. Mm-hmm. Um, hot shower. The steam will help clear your sinuses. Then you'll be able to pop your ears. Um, someone says, use a Phillips head. Works for me. Uh, sneeze is like an eighth of an orgasm. Okay. <laughs> Rick, use a Phillips said, yeah, it works for me. I love that one. Um, Amen, Baloo, a freaking man. All right, I appreciate that. All joking aside, don't put me through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to read the rest of that because I'm a, I'm a uh, company man. Double eight, eight, two says, and yet you're talking, and yet you are talking politics. Yeah, you call me out. I, I gave it a few minutes. You win, bro. You got Oh, us. God, long live Baloo. Move on, bro. Okay, bye. He's gone. Just like that, he's gone. He couldn't handle it. I'm just trying to make you better human beings, okay? We can get on one another sports-related. Seminoles, Gators, whatever the case may be. But when we're talking about lives, you got to be kidding me. Look at this listening audience. You folks raised $250,000 a couple weeks ago for the J Fund. And in a in a time now where what eggs cost seven bucks for a dozen eggs, I mean the market sucks, the inflation is brutal. Okay, yet you're finding ways to come up and create money. Yet some of you out there are just dancing on others' graves. I I I, I can't understand it, and I don't know if I will ever understand it. You know, it's almost like I want to believe it's just a couple of knucklehead kids that are trying to get a rise out of everyone, but it's not. It's it's apparently prominent people out there with, with hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. 
who are making these type of comments. All right, enough of that. I'm going to leave it alone. One more. Uh, I just care about you. 15 minutes before shower, both ears. What's that now? Peroxide, 15 minutes I, before shower, both I've ears. I've done the peroxide. It's cool. It fizzes. And it get, <laughs> have you ever done it before? No. Peroxide in your ears? No. Yeah, Tom McManus told me to do that about 15 years ago. He goes, he goes bro, just put peroxide in your ears. You lay down. Like with a Q-tip? No, you take the cap from the peroxide and actually fill up the cap. It's probably like pour it in there? Probably like a, an eighth of an ounce or yeah. something. And you pour it right oh. into your ear. Wow. And Interesting. You let it sit in there for a couple of minutes, and then you roll on over. It's like bubbling. And it spills out onto the rug <laughs> or bathroom floor, whatever it is. And then you do it to the other ear. Did the it ex- work? The exact same thing. Yeah, it has worked before. I mean, it... Certainly, my ears never felt worse after I did it. I probably do need to do that again. Uh, But the biggest issues that I've had with my health is I'll be just doing whatever, and all of a sudden, I can't see. I become lightheaded. That's scary. I become dizzy. Um, Tony Soprano. Right. To the point where I become nauseous. And... I want to throw up. Like and you have a concussion or something. There, there's, there's nothing worse than when you feel out of body. And, you know, you can be driving your vehicle. You can be on the Ooh. golf course. You can be doing this show. You can be doing anything. And then all of a sudden you're like, it, it feels like you've got a very long period of time without eating. It's that type of feel mm-hmm. where you, you are completely lightheaded. And, you know, so I let it go by for months. And I'm like, oh, you know. It's this, it's that. But then I went and had all these tests. And and doctors will tell you this. They don't know. Because COVID is so new, uh, so new, they don't know the side effects of COVID. And they don't know the side effects of the vaccine. There's not enough time that has gone by for them to accurately tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Scary. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, you know what the best thing has been for me? Seeing my chiropractor, a Chinatri chiropractor. Boom. Okay. Wallace. He's been putting those acupuncture in my neck and in my back. And I have been, he, he's telling me that I, he calls them two onions. I, I literally have on my shoulders <laughs> like two golf balls. And it's all built up stress through life. And he's been wearing those bad boys down. He says it's like an onion. I take a layer or two off every single time I go in there for an adjustment. But he's been giving me the acupuncture. And I went for five straight weeks. He's on vacation this week. He's out in Puerto Rico. Uh, But it's the best that I've felt going to see him. And And I've talked to people before who've had vertigo and issues with their neck that seeing a chiropractor has actually help them never would have imagined that that could have been the case by the way that is shenatry chiropractic my good buddy michael uh dr mike and he's got uh two uh two offices he's got the one across the street from ju and he's got the brand new one right out in uh you know right down the road from pablo creek which is uh you know off of 295 you know exactly where that is all right let's take a break what do you think some sports maybe on the other side? Or should we stay with this? I would love to see. I mean, look at this. all the people responding this I right now. I would love and to do a two-hour show on the vaccine. Everyone's got 
an idea. Everyone is right. <laughs> of course. Uh, peroxide in the year. Yes, I do it every two weeks. The 6953. Uh, 2155. Believe what kills me. Some of my religious friends. Apparently, their God can save them from the virus, but the vaccine is kryptonite. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't have an opinion either way on whether you took the vaccine or not. What disappoints me, again, is that there is some celebration out there of people dying. And that, and that is just so wrong. It, it's just, how could you be so cruel? And, and maybe no one listening right now in this audience is that way. Um, all right, I'm going to get off it. I am. I just, you know, I, I'll say this. I think you hear me and you hear me complain. What do I complain about? Everything. Baloo, he complains about everything. No, I complain about sports. I complain about teams that I like who lose. Will you get me away from here? Well, you're not going to find me in a lot of places. You're going to find me in a bar, beach, or typically off the fairway, hopefully in only the second cut, but typically in the rough. And damn it, I'm a happy person, okay? That's my life. I enjoy life, and I'm happy. And I genuinely, you know, genuinely care about other people. And that's why I'm so bothered by this. It's, it's just terrible. You don't get that in sports. You really don't. I mean, I, to the biggest gator that I, that I don't like, and, and honestly, I can't even think of one. There's not one in this building. You know, every other host in this station's a gator, right? I mean, th- th- there's no dislike. There's no hatred. There's no wishing of ill will. Uh, there's sports. If any of it ever came from me, it would be with a Yankee fan old school or a Montreal Canadian fan old school. And it's not in sports, yet in life it is. And, you know. So anyway, I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes on that. You know, love your, uh, love thy neighbor, right? Love I, the person next to you for crying out loud. It's hard when they made it so, like, they really and they, as in the powers that be, did this to us. Like, they separated us. They made it to where, you know, if you're not this, then you're that. You can't have your job unless you do this. You can't go out. You can't go to the restaurant. And like, they did that. A lot of truth to that. So not arguing I that understand point. the people that are pissed about it. Not arguing that point. Not arguing it. I, I needed, think it would have been easier for us as a society to stay together on this yep. if they made it a lot more like, hey, do what you want to do. I was told I needed the vaccine to go down there and cover the Jaguars. And so were I, thousands I, of yep, Americans. Never thought twice about it. People have to stay and, and feed their family and keep yep. their job. And never thought twice about and, it. Yeah. Like, so, but, but you're right about that. You know, it became such a dog and pony show filled with misinformation, too. Still. And... You know, you can believe one side or you can believe the other. And I understand how bad that was and how bad it is. But with the end result being death and that cracks a smile for some, why not try to help the person who made the mistake? Why not try to get better information to those people? And how do you overcome it if you're struggling? Not not celebrating it with your buds. Oh, you know, I. You know, I took the vaccine, and I'm this way, and yeah, I didn't take the vaccine, just, I'm like, this way. Keeping stuff to yourself, 
You know, like, do you really have to, like, if you're feeling some type of way, you don't have to put it on the internet and look like a complete ass. Yeah. You don't have to do that. No. People feel like it's like their necessity to make everyone they know know exactly how they feel about every situation that's happened. Yep. No doubt. All right. There you go. That is our one and only, I don't know how you to call it a political, <laughs> no, a political it was a message. No, societal it's, message. Right. It's about being a good human being. Yeah. Okay. Have some decorum. Uh, you know, it's always that expression. It, what, what is it if he was, uh, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm not going to drop cliches on you. But, you know, someone's <laughs> drowning, you'd help them. You know what I mean? Throw them a raft or, or throw them something. It's, 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 uh, in, yeah. I understand that what we went through changed a lot of that. And people lost so much. It, just terrible to look at. I mean, devastating uh but hopefully you still have your health you know yes that's the one thing you can't get back is when you lose your health on a permanent basis all right we'll get the sports on the other side as always as you know tuesday nights are about this you your reaction the jaguars back in it four to go down two they throttle tennessee next up the Dallas Cowboys. Can they keep this thing going? If you want to comment, the best way to do so is 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. And you can also get me uh, and JJ. We'll take calls tonight. Same number, 641-1010. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Cover up, ladies. Chilly. Chili! <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Bambi. Did you get the jab? <laughs> Trying to make sure I'm safe. Uh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh. I, I, for me to laugh, wouldn't that kind of like the people I just called up? But I'm not laughing about people dying. I'm just laughing about whether or not. One of the ladies of the night. The, the irony Phillips of Highway someone night. asking a prostitute if they yeah. have the jab. It's not, are you clean or anything like that? It's, <laughs> are you vaxxed? <laughs> Man. Yeah, we charge by the hour here and over at the, uh, what is it? The, uh, what's that hotel that's right next to the hotel? It's clearly a, a motel. Shangri-La. Bruce, Bruce still sings about motels. Like, like Bruce can just barely get enough gas to pull up to the motel, and he's charging like 800 bucks a whack. For a concert for, ticket. For his tour that's beginning next month. <laughs> he's just a regular Joe. Bruce is one Working of those guys. Off, 10 hours a day. Always on the edge of town, right? <laughs> always taking some, you know, the back streets to go from point A to point B, and... Tough knocks. Like how long? The blue collar guy. How, how long into Bruce's life was he really blue collar? Well, he like, sold when it. When did he get famous? Young, right? His first two albums, he really struggled. Okay, he did. He he really struggled with his first couple, and you know, Born the Run was huge, and then the River was huge, and then you know, he totally sold out <laughs> during Born Born in the USA. And what I mean by selling out is everything became pop. You know, still some good tunes on that album. 
Uh, Doctor's on the Edge of Town. I didn't mention that LP. That that is one of my all-time favorites. Racing in the Streets probably my all-time favorite Bruce song. I don't know anything but about But he's a billionaire. I hope Frank's not listening. You know, he's probably well, – well, Bruce – Springsteen's in my top five. Is he? Oh, okay. my God. But I love all – you know, it's all 70s and 80s, Bruce. It probably ended with the uh, – when he got away from the East Street Band, he got away from him twice, Nebraska, which is real. You know, that song, Nebraska, is about a serial killer in Lincoln. He got kind of dark there, and then he got dark on um, – what's the one step up, one, uh, one step up, two steps back, uh, uh, that whole album. He got away with the East Street, brand, uh, East, East Street Band, and it was when he was going through his divorce – Really good stuff, uh, but that was probably it for me with him. I haven't um, really listened to anything he's done in the last twenty some odd years. So, like, "Born to Run" is good, Bruce. Oh, awesome, Bruce! Okay, I love that song. I'm gonna find that album because if not, it's gonna drive me crazy. You have the albums there in front of you. We'll get to you, folks. We're gonna do sports here tonight. If it's the last thing I ever did, I'm telling you, we're gonna get to it. It's coming up. Um, all right, I got I got uh, Nebraska, born in the USA, born to run, Tunnel of Love. That's it, Tunnel of Love. That's where I stopped. Yeah, 1987. Yeah. You know, I I don't think I've enjoyed even The Rising. I haven't really – he wrote that over 9-11. That, that's a nice song, but, you know, I'm talking about – I used to listen to those entire albums, especially the early stuff. You know, Bruce sold all this. You know, he gave up. It, you know what's crazy about Bruce? You know he's never had a number one hit. Wow. And the one of the songs that he sold, Blinded by the Light, to Manford Man, became a, a number, number one, one hit. hit. song, so he made money off of that. I don't know how it worked back then. He sold a couple of songs to him. He sang, he sold Spirit in the Night to him. So Born in the USA, what, did never hit number Made one. number two. And I think Dancing in the Dark was the most popular song off that album, but it never made it past number two. So just thought I would... Uh, Share that with you. Learn you guys some Bruce knowledge. Yeah. He's a hypocrite, but that's okay. I mean, he's he's worth millions and millions and millions. But, you know, at this point in life, and I understand he's got a huge operation. You know, he's got a huge band, pays a lot of guys, got a lot of handlers, this and that. Uh, but it's like I always say, what's the difference between having $800 million and $1 billion? Do you really need to... At this point in your life, I mean, the man. The 800 is, billionaire will tell you. He's 73 years of age. Is he? How much more money do you need at that age? You're never going to be able to spend it. All right, let's. Um, Got to put food on the table. You do? <laughs> Kyla Murray, my God. You see that last night? What it a week. strange. I thought it was uh, Achilles at first. It was weird looking, but... Um... Remind me of the Desmond... Uh, remind me of the Deshaun Watson one. And I don't remember if it was the left Second. or the right leg with the non-contact scenario. It, it reminded me of Derwin James a few years ago at Florida State. I think they were playing South Florida or something like that when he came down wrong on it over by the opponent's bench, just a totally a freak injury. But, you know, you have Lamar Jackson who's out with the knee. Tyler Hunt- Huntley comes in, gets a concussion. Marcus Mariota gets benched for Desmond Ritter. 
Mariota reportedly has gone AWOL and, and hasn't been a part of Atlanta's camp. Now you lose Kyla Murray. So just how you know valuable quarterback play is around the league, and Kyla Murray is probably going to get Cliff Kingsbury fired. Um, he's been a bad apple all year. They, you know, they paid him that amount of money. Then they put that clause in there that said he had to study tape. Then they took that clause out. But he has questioned the offense. He's questioned Cliff. So you see that kind of going away. Uh, we had 10 coaching changes a year ago. There honestly could be another six or seven easily this year, including first-year head coaches. If Belichick goes to Vegas and beats McDaniels this weekend, he might be gone. That could be it for him. Denver. Hackett's gone. It has to be. Hackett's gone. And look at this division. Okay? Whatever happens with Jacksonville and Tennessee, we'll find out. I'm not totally dismissing Indianapolis yet. I'm just not. I think others believe that I'm I'm on some good drugs here. Um, but look at that division, JJ. The Colts, the Titans, and the Texans are all going to go into the 2024 season needing a new quarterback, whether it's free agency or it's the NFL and draft. And who's out there? Well, uh, uh, Brady's going to be out there. Which do you Lamar see Jackson going anywhere in the AFC South? I don't. I think no. if Brady leaves Tampa, I mean, he goes Vegas to or New England. Yeah, or Vegas, or maybe. Or San Francisco. Yeah. But no, I don't think he'd be like Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers could be had in a trade. Yeah, now that would be a game changer. Lamar Jackson, if they don't pay him, I see him getting franchised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 logical. Um, so I would think Tannehill probably comes back for another year. Maybe this is like it. Uh, then they have. Houston with probably Stroud or somebody like that. And then Indy, they're always a wild card. I don't know who they're going to find out of the scrap heap of like 35-plus-year-old quarterbacks to bring in for a season. Sean Payton, either directly or indirectly, just said that there are three teams that he would prefer to coach for. One is in L.A. with the Chargers, where that could be it for Brandon Staley. The other is in Dallas, where... You know, let's face it here. Mike McCarthy began the year in the hot seat. They're 10-3. and three. They're in real good shape. But if they lose here on Sunday and it goes sideways and Dallas is a wild card team behind Philadelphia and they lose on the road in, in week one, who knows yeah, what could happen there. Yeah, first round of the you know, playoff mm-hmm. exit again. Miami is, you know, it's year one for McDaniel. You would think he's safe. They have he, a winning record. Yeah, he's a great coach, I think. It's very rare. It's very rare when a coach is fired because you know you can get a better coach. And can you imagine what that situation would be like if, let's just say a story got out that that's it for McDaniel, Sean Payton's taken over in Miami. You got the Rooney rule. You've got all of those things, all of those hoops that you have got to go over and and, and cover. And, and I don't, I'm not trying to say hoops in that way. I'm saying if you clearly have your guy, there still is a process you have to go through, an interview process that that has to be looked upon. Um, but, you know, we've already had, what, two firings this year? 
Carolina and Indy, I think when it's all said and done after 10 a year ago, I would not be surprised if there are seven or eight when it's all said and done uh, at the end of the year. And on top of that, you look at what Doug Peterson is doing. Now, all of a sudden, you really settle in with Trevor Lawrence and go around the league and start comparing him to these other quarterbacks. Okay, Mahomes, class by himself. Josh Allen, even though they struggled in the snow in Buffalo last week, class by himself. But all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence is entering Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Um, who, who am I leaving out of this? Uh, I don't know, certainly Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yes. You I, I would put Jamar, uh, Jalen Hurts over Lamar, but I mean. I would too. People would. What about Tua? Tua's having a great season. I'm still trying to buy in the Tua. It, I agree. I'm it took me a while to buy in for Jalen. What national yeah. people would say. I, you know what? I would rather have Trevor than Tua. Absolutely. But would you rather have Trevor than Herbert or Burrow? That's when it sort of gets, I'm not sure. Like uh, Right now, I would still rather have Burrow over Trevor. It's I think a, I, would have uh, Burrow, I, would, I might have Trevor over Herbert right now, but. It's really tied. It's a 12-pack conversation. Yeah. It really is. For either, I mean, you can make a case for Trevor. Trevor's played his best football in the last month. Yes. Joe Burrow is a winner. I, mean, I made the comment that I kind of envisioned Joe Burrow being like Dan Marino. That's making it to the Super Bowl right out of the gate and never going back. Well, all of a sudden, Cincinnati is because, and, and we're going to see what's going on. Uh, with Cincinnati because they have Tampa this weekend and Tampa is in dire need of a win. And then you look at New England who found a way to win last night. They go to Vegas. If they can win that, all of a sudden they're eight and six. They have a real opportunity to wild card, but they've then got to take on Cincinnati. So Cincinnati's going to be playing some interesting football here down the stretch. And their uh, defense looks legit. Like, which is not something that you Brady called out their defense to today. Did you see that? No, I didn't. But says, I, I did see a hilarious video uh, uh, quickly of Brady having to meet and greet with every single member of the 49ers team after taking a loss. Go ahead. He was, like, signing autographs and stuff. It was so, like, I felt bad for him. He just got beat by 30-something points. Wait a minute. Did you? So let me get this straight. I felt bad. There's for a Tom lot Brady. of people we want I to feel bad, bad for. for Tom Brady. You felt bad for Let Tom Brady. The old man in rest. <laughs> yes, he obviously didn't want to be out there, and he's like being a nice guy and signing autographs for all these kids. But no, I did not see what he said about the Bengals. Tom Brady has 284 career wins. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Trevor Lawrence has eight. And you feel bad for Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah, he had a super 284. He's going through a divorce. and Now, it's unfair because Trevor Lawrence just turned 23 and Tom Brady's 45. But think about that for a moment. That man has 284 career victories. He has eight career victories. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. Russell Wilson is hurt. Aaron Rodgers comes off a bye, but... That whole thing feels funky. You know, Matt Ryan, it feels like he's following the Phillip Rivers, Eli Payton, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, they're all gone. They're all about to go. Uh, this is the explosion of the young quarterbacks. And, you know, look what's going on in New York with Zach Wilson right now. 
Marcus Mariota just got a second opportunity as a starter, and and that's gone. Uh, what is New York going to do with Danny Dimes? Is, is he a guy that he played well here? Okay, we'll we'll, we'll give him that. But look at that division. It, it's you know uh, Carson Wentz is finally off the the IR, but you know that, that's not his team anymore. It isn't. He's five and one, Honick. He's five and one in DC. It's just um, and I don't think Daniel Jones has any future with the Giants long term. Uh, and I think they know that too. Geno Smith, comeback player of the year. He played Crazy. his probably played his worst game. Uh, yeah, uh, Sunday. Carolina's had three starting quarterbacks in one year. Darnold's back. What's New Orleans going to do? They they going to Andy Dalton's a free agent at the end of the year. Jameis Winston was sat down early, injured, can't get his job back. Threw a lot of picks. I mean, just look at all the teams in the NFL, that are going to need a quarterback. That, that's what makes this franchise, I don't want to say unique, but the opportunity to become relevant if you have a starting quarterback. Now, that doesn't totally support what I'm saying. It hasn't worked for Justin Herbert. It has for Joe Burrow. He's gotten there. He almost won it. He didn't. Patrick Mahomes, he's gotten there. He's won it. I think most believe Jalen Hurts is going to get there this year for Philadelphia. I wouldn't sign off on that now because, as we see, this is a week-to-week league with all the injuries and all the guys that are going down each and every Sunday. Dallas is officer starting right tackle. Okay? He's gone now for the remainder of the year. All right. Uh, good stuff there. We'll be with you uh, tomorrow night from – no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Let's, uh, I know I had some callers on. I, 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 You know, we were a little long-winded. We may have lost you. Let me check the text line. Still burning up. It really is. Burning up with all that stuff. Um, Gator Lodge by the hour, babies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a guy recommending us getting a three-hour show. No, I'm good. Two hours is fine for me. I don't need a third hour. I used to do four hours by myself. I was looking for Mike Leach stuff today. I sent it to you. Yeah, so in your, I don't know, collection of old sports stuff. No, it's all, producers used to make me old CDs of the interviews that I did. Okay, so in in there, you were looking for an interview from Mike Leach, and I guess from Sporting News Radio, and you came across tickets from the Notre Dame-Florida State game from 1993? Yep, twenty seven bucks is the yeah. Ticket. Face value is twenty seven dollars. Cost me uh, six hundred, three hundred piece. Do you know who was on that interview? Did you happen to look at it? Um, yeah, I didn't. Rec- I I saw the name, but I don't know who that guy is. No, did you see the interviews that were in that CD along with the ticket stuff? Oh, I, don't I didn't you had to take look a- at the CD. No, take a look at the CD. All right, give me all right, because I want you to get me a guest next. Let's compare it to one of these guests. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Rick Ballou. All right. It is Sporting News Radio. Tom Flores, Anthony Munoz, Bethel Johnson, Michael Strahan, Reggie Howard, Jordan Gross or Gross? Jordan Gross, first round pick by Carolina. Jared Cooper, Bobby Hamilton, uh, Joe Andruzzi, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, and the Terminator, Thurman Thomas. How about that? That's a hell of a CD. It was. I love your little picture, too. They got yeah, your, I was uh... cute back then. Chicks <laughs> dug me in Chicago. 
uh, as before, uh, gravity and Dianetics and all that came in. All right, <laughs> give me who's, a, who's the guy on uh, the ticket stub? Moose. I don't know who that was. That's oh, okay. a, that's like an like a, a an ancient. Uh, no, no, that those those are Notre Dame tickets. Oh, I see. Those are South Bend, Indiana tickets. So this was somebody important. That's when my brother and I flew into Chicago, rented a car, paid six hundred bucks for those two tickets, and slept in the parking lot in South Bend. On a Friday night before that game, like this is all the money we had. We could. Uh, no we had hotel. a We had a cooler, same cooler we used to brush our teeth the next morning. <laughs> As a true story, and it, it was a chilly night in South Bend in the middle of November, nineteen ninety three, and and we could have. I, I get in nineteen ninety three. I I would have been uh, what twenty twenty four, and how he was a freshman at Florida State. He was eighteen, so it just didn't matter. But anyway, I, I'd Love forgotten that. where that went. I, I was able to pick it up a little, little bit earlier today. All right, when we come back, um, maybe we'll get off sports for a moment. We, I got a couple of things up my sleeve we'll dive into. We'll see. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we're on the road this week. Thursday, Mr. Chubby's Wings. That is out in Fleming Island. Be up there 6 to 8. And then Friday, we'll be at the Bricks out at the beach, 6 to 8. And that is a party sponsored by Miller Lite. So we are going to have tickets. And all of a sudden, these are hot tickets, right? Jacksonville and Dallas coming up on Sunday. So uh, join us both days, 6 to 8. Again, Thursday, Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island. And then Friday, over at the bricks, uh, the fifty-three thirty-six. This is really brilliant. It says Rick and JJ draft the current NFL calendar quarterbacks in order, as if you're starting a new league. Obviously, taking into account age. Where do you have Trevor? Four or five? That is brilliant. Um, I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes number one. This is no if, ands, or buts about it to me. Yeah, that's not even close to me. But I'll I'll tell you uh, one that everyone would be shocked by, and I think that there's a couple quarterbacks better. I I would take Trevor over Josh Allen. I would. I think Josh Allen this season has come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I don't think that he's anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes like what we – sort of made him out to be this offseason, like it was like 1A, 1B. I don't think it's close at all. I think Trevor's ceiling is higher than Josh Allen's. Um, Josh Allen, very athletic, makes fun plays like that. I just think Trevor's more accurate as a thrower, a better passer. Um, But I might have Burrow over Trevor. Trevor might be three, might be four for me, because I really love Herbert as well. But Josh Allen, I'm, I'm like cooling off on Josh Allen right now. I know that's a hot take. It, it's it's um, it's not a hot take. It's Trevor's played in what uh, seventeen and what twenty seven games, twenty eight games, what Sounds five and right. eight this year. That's uh, that's 30, he's played in thirty games. So, and he's twenty three years of age. I right now I would take Allen over Trevor, but I don't feel as confident now as I 
do about saying that as I would have, let's say, in week two, week a three. A month ago or two, yeah. I mean, Trevor's playing his best football right now. And, and Josh Allen's playing his worst football he right is. now. So it is a very prisoner of the moment opinion. I think Trevor Lawrence, if you're doing this, he's somewhere in the top six. Okay? He could be as high as two. He could be as low as six. Mahomes is one. End of conversation as far as I'm concerned. After that, though, you can make a case for Allen. You can make a case for Burrow. You can make a case for Herbert. And you can make a case for Jalen Hurts. Uh, You could probably make a case for Tua. To me, that's below Trevor. You can make a case for Lamar Jackson. To me, that's below Trevor. You can make a case for Dak Prescott. Now, he's, you know, what is Prescott? 29, 30? Let me find that out for you. Uh, 29, yeah. He's 29, okay? Wow. 29 years of age. So, he, Dak Prescott, could be a quarterback in this league for easily another 10 years. Easily. That's a guy right there that I know we're kind of talking about the young hotshot QBs, but I, I got to put Prescott uh, in there. Where are we now with Aaron Rodgers? He, he turned, what, 39 last week? He so turned... you would say you probably have three more seasons left? For Aaron Rodgers? Like, if you look at him the way that Brady's career sort of happened, that, you know, you could still kind of get things done in your early 40s. So, yeah. Three years at the most, I would say, for Aaron Rodgers. That's probably why you wouldn't take him in the top 10. Don't you kind of get the feeling that if Aaron Rodgers isn't traded during the offseason, he's done? Like he'll retire? Yeah. I kind of get that feeling. Um, it's, It's hard for me to read that guy. He's coming off a consecutive MVP. That's why I'm saying, like, one bad season, will he hang it up after that? He was so dominant yep. the last few years. I, I don't know. Got to keep, yeah, I, I think you got to keep Aaron Rodgers probably in the top seven or eight. You know, the only thing that's going against him right now is age. Uh, guys that are kind of on borrowed time. You know, Ronnie, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, to me, has always been better than the way that he is received by football fans. Uh, But he'll be 32 in March. Now, that's fine. 32 as a quarterback, you know, he could still play another six, seven years at this level. But don't you kind of get the feeling there, much much like what I just said with Aaron Rodgers, that it's it's – Time for a change of scenery. Oh my God! For Derek there, Carr, yes, absolutely. These crying at press conferences this season and stuff like it—it's been rough. Um, Russell about, Wilson, or, man, they're so invested in he's him. Washed. He's got four more years of of huge money. See, I could see him retiring before Aaron Rodgers. You know what's lost in all this? And we haven't even mentioned him. Is Deshaun Watson? Wow, forgot about that guy. I mean, he's played two games and he hasn't been anywhere near brilliant. But I don't think. That it's fair, hopefully for Cleveland's sake, they gave the guy $230 million. I don't think it's safe at this particular point to say uh, it's never going to happen for him. I wonder what New England's going to do with Mac Jones. Watching him last night, Mac Jones makes some good throws. Mac Jones has, you know, that moxie in him. He's got that that punk ass in him, you know, battling Matt Patricia. 
on the sideline the way that, that Brady would with Bill O'Brien, but that was in the midst of Brady winning yeah. Super Bowl champions. Mac Jones is one game over 500 in his career. You know, is New England going to go in a different direction? Justin Fields is beginning, you know, his improvement. Certainly much better than than what we saw a year ago. So explosive on the ground. He's going to run north of 1,000 yards uh, this year. He's already got more than 900. So that's probably where we are. Do we miss anyone? What about, like, Kirk? What about Goff? I mean, Goff has sort of had a resurgence this season. Goff's had a real good year. He and He's a former number one. He's, uh, he's 28. Okay, just turned 28. In uh, in mid October, he's been in the league now for four or five. This is his seventh year in the league. He has certainly moved up, but you know you look around and and all you hear is that you know Detroit's gonna gonna draft a quarterback. Let me pull up McShay's mock. Get the ESPN Plus here if I can. McShay had a mock today. I love what he did with Jacksonville. He actually had them getting TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnston, which, which, to me is the best case scenario. I have a feeling that Jacksonville will go defense. I I think at this particular point they they can't have enough weapons. They're they're going to lose Marvin Jones Jr. You hope that they add Calvin Ridley. I'd love to see him add another guy uh, as well, and Quinton Johnson. All right, I, I didn't realize that we're up against the top of the hour here. So let me do that. Take a break. When we come back, though, we'll stay on quarterbacks here a little bit, and uh, we'll get to McShay, who came out today with his first mock draft. Filled with quarterbacks high. Isn't it great to know that as a Jaguar fan, and there are holes on this football team, but you don't have to worry about your quarterback, man. He's 23, and when the season begins in 2023, he'll still be 23. He doesn't turn 24 until, I, I think, what, his wow. birthday's in October? I want to say, let me look up Trevor real quick, just to get a birth date on it. Uh, let's see. Trevor Lawrence turns 24 on October 6th. I mean, wow. he just barely turned 23. I'm looking at number 11 in this mock draft, and I can't wait to get into this. Let's do it on the other side. Good to have you with us. Uh, JJ along with uh, Baloo. We're with you tonight till 10. Hacker takes over then. Let's go into the night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, busy night on ice. I hear you, Warren. Tampa all over Seattle 5-1. The Jessica Blaylock Panthers up 3-0 right now over Columbus. These games both in the third. Taylor Sagan a goal. It is Dallas up 2-1 in New Jersey. Once the home of the neutral zone trap, which thankfully has left the building with Jacques Lemaire. Boston up 3 Wait a minute. We have got a developing situation, and this is not good. N-Y-I has just tied it up in Boston. Three apiece. Islanders and Bruins. I'm laying tape. May watch it late. May watch it late afternoon tomorrow. For me. For you late afternoon. For me early. Somewhere around 11, 11.30. 
And coming up right now, here we go. It is the Washington Capitals in Chicago taking on the Blackhawks. Ovechkin, three goals away from 800. He has four consecutive empty net goals. Really? Oh. Three of them have been when they've been up by two. And for some mysterious reason, their opponent pulls the goaltender. Do you think they want him to break or to get to that number? It was so bad the other matter, night. Like as a backhanded, like a slap in the face or something? It was so bad the other night. I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe that. But it was a 5-3 game. Washington up two. They pulled the goalie. There were four seconds left in the game. Like, what are you going to do with and four he, seconds? And he fired it from behind the blue line, you know, like just up past the red line, and, and, and it went in. And so, listen, I, first off, let me say this. I am a huge fan of Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin is phenomenal. But my whole point is, what a way to – what a sleazy way to go after 800 with open net goals. And I don't even know what I can compare it to anything else wise in sports. Now he has 53 empty net goals, only behind Wayne Gretzky, who has 56. Gretzky has 894 goals, Ovechkin 797. But Wayne Gretzky also had almost 2,000 assists. You look at Alex Ovechkin, he is a sniper, he is on the ice to score. He's got 797 goals. He's got 643 assists. So whenever I put this on Twitter, and I'm actually happy that there are some hockey fans out there who are like, what do you want him to do, Baloo? Flip it into the crowd, not shoot? I'm like, no. No, here's my deal. Does Alex Ovechkin have one empty net assist? Has he ever passed it to another one of his teammates and allowed him to get the empty net goal? Uh Uh-uh. Is he on pace, like, to break the goal record? Or would he have to play well into, like, being an old guy? Like, no, how many goals a year do you score as Alex Ovechkin? Ovechkin's getting, you know, in the four, the COVID years were down oh, a little so bit, obviously. Like three oh. more seasons or four more seasons? Two more, I think. Okay. You know, he's already got 17 this year. And, hell, if they keep on pulling the goaltender, he'll have 894 goals by Christmas. But... I think he's going to end up with 40-some-odd this year. So he's probably going to go into the 2023-2024 season somewhere in the neighborhood of 825 goals would be my estimate. So he's basically 70 away. Yeah. 235 goal seasons, and he can get there. Now, this kid, you know, he started when he was 18. He scored 52 goals as a rookie. In, in uh, 2005. Yeah. He's from Russia. He's only 37 years of age. And he is still in top physical shape. He, he's a 6'3", 235-pound, 6'3", 240-pound uh, physical specimen. Wow, he's a lot grayer than I last time I saw him. Full head of gray. Yep. Whatever happened to uh, Sidney Crosby? He's still around, is he? Oh, he's got five hundred and thirty-four goals, I believe. Okay. Again, I'm a I'm a numbers junkie. Um, yeah, he didn't score McDavid, last night. Like, where are we at with him? Is he? Yeah, I mean, he's the he's arguably the best player the in the league right guy. now. Okay, but he's only five six years in. Right. 
Connor, he's a, he's ridiculous. But, you know, Ovechkin's going to get down as one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. He's right there with, with Gretzky and Gordie Howe and Yamir Yager and Bill Esposito and Mike Bossy. And, Thank God he got that one cup yeah. for his sake. Yeah. All the great ones have a cup in hockey. It's not like football. It's more like the NBA. Not like baseball. Yeah. I mean, how many great players can you name in baseball who don't have a ring? Tons. Yeah. I mean, look at all the great Cubs. Look at all the great Red Sox. Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. doesn't have one. Ted Williams. Barry Bonds. Uh, Ted Williams, absolutely. Hank Aaron? Hank Aaron. I think he won one in Milwaukee, actually. I think he did, too, with the yeah. Milwaukee Brewers. Like, but there you go, like one. Mm-hmm. The home run champ. Willie Mays had to have won one. Uh, yeah, he, Hank Aaron won it in 57. Here Three we are. Years in. We're going to get back to quarterbacks, but here we are talking about quarterbacks, and, and this is what, to me, is promising when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence, okay? If you look at the greatest quarterbacks who have ever played the game since the merger, every great quarterback has a Super Bowl ring except for Dan Fouts, Fran Tarkington, Jim Kelly, and Warren Moon, and Dan Marino, obviously Dan Marino. Those are the five. I can't think of anyone outside of those five. Now, I'm talking about great quarterbacks. There have been... Not Matt Ryan. Right. There have been some very good quarterbacks. You know, Randall Cunningham, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers. I'm talking about the greats. If, you're, if you have been a quarterback of that ilk, you find a way to win at least one Super Bowl. If Trevor Lawrence is escalating to the pace that, that we are talking about tonight with contributions from you out there listening on our text line at 641-1010, he's going to win a Super Bowl. I'm expecting it at this point. Sometime during his career to win. I think he's got 15 legitimate years. Legitimate. Let's look at the draft. McShay's first one is out today. All right, and and again, when you see this, the first word that comes to mind is rebuild. Right, you got to find yourself a quarterback. Number one, right out of the gate, Houston in the division, Bryce Young. And Bryce Young had a good year. I guess he fell off a little bit. Obviously, didn't win the Heisman. Bama lost what two games by four points. I thought he was better this year than last year. Honestly, he just didn't have the help around him. He didn't have all those receivers. Uh, but, man, he showed some cojones in some games this year. I love that kid. Um, Davis Mills, you know, is that a deal where <laughs> is that a deal where he comes in? No, Bryce would start right away. Yeah, game I, one. Remember how Bortles came in, even though he was a third pick, compared to how Trevor came in as the top pick. You know, is when you win one game, we'll see what Houston does here the last month, is the pressure. All right, we're, we're going to give you, here's the football, it's your team. Right out of the gate. I, I, I tend to believe that that you are correct here. And then it's defense. Seattle getting Jalen Carter out of Georgia. And then Will Anderson, Georgia going third to the Bears. You get to Detroit at number four. All right, I will make the argument here now where C.J. Stroud is the guy that Todd McShay selects 
that I'm staying with Goff for another year. To me, this becomes yeah, the ultimate Lord Favre to Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith, the Pat Mahomes. You have a year to learn under Goff. And then come 2024, you get that opportunity that, you know, I'm, that would be just my opinion. How ironic that it's the pick that came with Goff to Detroit I know. that they're drafting Stroud with, uh, the Rams pick. Incredible. It is. I, you know what? I, I don't have any second favorites or any of that crap. I kind of like Detroit. There's something about they're them. Fun. I don't know what it is. I, probably because. They score a lot. Well, the coach is such a meathead. Yes. You know, he, he really is. He, he, and he's grown on me. He, he's, he's genuine. He, there's some appeal there with him. Uh, Philadelphia at five, Bajan Robinson, which is way, 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 way too high to select a running back, in my opinion. But that's Philadelphia. Number six, Atlanta going going. Going with Levis, Will Levis. Is it Levis or Levis? I forget. Levis. Yeah, Levis. A Go. year after taking Desmond Ritter. My gosh, man. But it's not Desmond Ritter wasn't some, you know, top prospect. Let's see what they got Ritter again. Out of Cincinnati. Third round? Second round? Uh, Se- second round. Third oh. round pick 74. Third round. 74th pick. Yeah, so that's not a crazy high asset. Well, the good news is... You're going to find out because he's starting, he's starting this, week. this weekend. So he's going to get a month. Mariota's at home. Yeah. Mar- uh, who knows who Mariota is? Uh, I actually like this is a good this is a good plan by Atlanta. Find out. You know, what if the light goes on for this guy? What if all of a sudden he's like, wow, he can play? Then then you're not forced to make a, a selection at quarterback at number six. So there's three quarterbacks in your top six selections. Number seven. It's Skaronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern, going to Indy. Number eight, Tyree Wilson, he announced today. He's coming out as a defensive end uh, with Texas Tech. Actually, scratch that. That that was a kid out of A&M who announced today. Wilson announced earlier. Uh, But he's an edge guy, going eight to the Raiders, which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense to me considering you have Max Crosby. Chandler Jones had a terrible year, but he's had four sacks in the last two weeks. So all of a sudden... Things are going well for him. Paris Johnson Jr. going ninth, the tackle out of Ohio State to Pittsburgh. Ten, Brian Brisey, defensive tackle out of Clemson going to Arizona. Eleven. You ready for this one? And I this love is a this. this is a perfect place for him, too. <laughs> Number eleven, Carolina. Anthony Richardson. Wow. Out of Florida. They for- have tried three quarterbacks this year already in Carolina. First sentence. From McShay. Okay, this one is going to raise some eyebrows. It certainly did. Because Carolina is a team where you're probably not going to have him, like, sit a year behind somebody. Like, if you're Carolina, you want your guy to start immediately. Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, is not a guy who can just come into the NFL and he's not ready to start. I, I agree with that. Out of all the quarterbacks that we have talked about so far... He is the one that I believe needs at least a year to just hold a clipboard, to practice, to learn. Uh, you know, you don't hear it as much with quarterbacks. You used to hear it all the time with pitchers, why they keep him down on the farm for an extra year or two. They don't want to bring him up to the show and have him get shelled. And what does it do to their overall confidence? 
I've tr- I've heard that comparison made over the years with quarterbacks, but for the most part, uh, others will tell me that that is not a believable situation. Why does it feel like that's the case here? Because he for Anthony all Richardson? season was like the uh, losing confidence guy. Like he would throw a pick or throw a couple bad incompletions, and all of a sudden, the rest of the game he's terrible. He even said it in press conferences this year. Like my confidence was shot. Like. This is one of those guys where, you know, with Trevor, when he had a bad performance, he kind of always kept that same, like, monotone, like, cool, and nothing's getting the best of me feeling at press conferences. He was the antithesis of Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Like, I could see Anthony Richardson completely folding under the pressure. Houston's second first-round pick they got from Cleveland, Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. He's not playing here in the Gator Bowl. He's opted out. Then it's Jacksonville at 13. Quinton Johnston. You got any chance to see him play in the Final Four? Okay. Uh, McShay goes on to talk about Kirk, Ingram, and Jones. Mentions Calvin Ridley. He says, Trevor Lawrence still needs a big wide receiver. He excelled with T. Higgins and Justin Ross in college. Johnston fits that same mold at six foot four, 215 pounds. 903 yards in 12 games. Has a wide catch, radius, strength after the catch, good vertical. He loves the fit. I That's the first wide receiver he has off the board as well. Mm-hmm. I love this. I'd sign up for this right now. I, I have a feeling it's going to be defense. I, I was about to say. Uh, corner or net. Probably yeah. has a linebacker. Yeah, I I uh, I love the Quinton Johnson. My, I want to see what he can run. I, I want to see his time. You know, there has been a little bit of concern that he drops some balls. But I think you can work on that. You know, I, I watch these, these kids work all through camp. I mean, Evan Ingram every day on the judge machine, every day catching tennis balls with one hand, whatever. Evan Ingram, what does he have, three drops on the year maybe? I, w- I would believe that that's a high. And, and look at some of the grabs he made. Last week. All right, let me give you a couple of other notables before we hit the break. Uh, out of Georgia, the tackle Broderick Jones going 15th in New England. Here's a guy you're going to hear mention a lot for Jacksonville. Going 16 out of Penn State, the corner, uh, Joey Porter Jr. There's a guy you're going to hear once we get the draft talk. Osiris Torrance, one year removed from, uh, what, Louisiana, came over with Napier, All-American guard for the Gators. Boy, they're all SEC guys here. Brian Branch, 18 to Seattle, the safety out of Bama. Uh, Second wide receiver off the board, Jordan Addison with the Giants out of USC going 20th. Kelly Ringo, the corner out of Georgia going 21st. Cam Smith, 23rd corner out of South Carolina. The running back, uh, the Georgia Tech transfer to Bama. Gibbs going 24th. Two running backs in the first round. And I guess that is going to about... Well, we got a Florida State player. Yeah, Jared end. Verse, 30th, going to KC. He hasn't announced yet. He's practicing with the team. He hasn't. An, yeah, he hasn't announced whether or not he's going pro or, or if he is uh, coming back. So we will let you know as soon as we know. All right, we got much more to do. Good to have you with us right here on this Tuesday edition. 
Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Al Govechkin has wasted no time. He's got two goals here in the first ten minutes of the first period. Legit goals. So, uh, 799 goals. And I hope he gets a legitimate hat trick tonight. So, I know you're not a huge hockey guy. Is that safe to say? Yeah. I just don't follow it. So many sports I got to follow. So someone like you wouldn't matter either way, but to, 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 to real hockey fan, let's say it's a, let's say the score stuck and Chicago pulled the goalie yeah, late. Yeah, I was just thinking. To try to get a six on five and a Vetchkin puts in an empty net goal. Is, it would be like Barry Bonds hitting his 700th on a, on a inside the park home run. That's harder to do than hit it out of the park. That's true. There's really nothing in sports that you can compare to. The the only thing I was thinking (laughs) was, you know how when you have a big lead and you're down like in the red zone and time is ticking away and you take a knee, the other team is clearly giving up. If you do run a legitimate offense and and someone took it in with a game out of reach, and and even that is not a good example. There, There is nothing in sports that is comparable to the empty net goal. Because the flip side of the empty netter is it gives the team that is trailing a six-on-five opportunity, and it may not seem like that is a lot to an average hockey fan, but whether you're on a five-on-four power play or a six-on-five pull-the-goalie extra man on the ice, it means a tremendous amount. The game is so fast, and that puck moves so fast, going from stick to stick, you would really be surprised how many more opportunities you legitimately get. But I just hope for for Ovechkin's sake that he gets a legitimate goal, you know, a legitimate uh, number 800 and, and doesn't do it on the empty net. <sighs> yeah, I thought of this one. Here's a good one. 74-29, Favre let uh, Strahan sack him. When Lord Favre did that, now it, it's a it, it's amazing because it's a it's a it's a career achievement, I and mean, he's becoming only the third guy in the history of the game to score eight hundred goals. It's um it's unlike anything uh, that that we have ever seen. All right, um, you know Dallas man, House of Horrors. I I've been to Dallas. A, a few times. As a matter of fact, the first time I think I ever went to Dallas was for a Florida State-Oklahoma State uh, college football game uh, back when that was a Jameis-led team. Uh, but let's see here. Uh, the last time they – I've been to these last couple of games. In Jerry's World in, in, in 2018, they lost 40-7 to out there, just completely destroyed at AT&T Stadium. Uh, Dallas also got him one year in London. I was there as well in nine, in uh, in 2014. Uh, that was a 31 to 17 victory for Dallas. But it's interesting; these two teams have only met seven times, historically speaking. Okay, and this will become only the second time that Dallas has played here. 
It's unbelievable, okay? Five of the games have been in Dallas. One in Jacksonville back in 2006 when the Jaguars won 24-17. And then the matchup in London in 2014, as you know, is technically a home game for the Jaguars. They lost that one 31-17. Uh, so the overall series, Jacksonville, despite only having one true home game, is 3-4 and four lifetime against the Cowboys. I love it when it says home record 1-1, one one, even though we know that that loss uh, actually did take place out in London. So there you have it. D- Dallas doesn't really have a weakness, okay? I'm going to begin to talk about them a great deal on tomorrow night's show. I'm going to have some guests coming up the remainder of the week uh, to talk a lot about the Cowboys. It, it, it's so uh, it's so much fun now to to really have intriguing football this time of year. I mean, this game this Sunday. And you know what? I am getting a lot of – let me tell you this, okay? I'm getting a lot of ticket prices are outrageous, people selling tickets, this and that. I'm not a ticket broker, okay? I, I, whatever the situation is with tickets, I know I complained about Bruce tickets a little bit earlier. Hell, I, I, we talked about how I found that 1993 ticket stub, the game of the century, Florida State, Notre Dame in 1993. The the price of the ticket is twenty seven dollars. Okay, I paid six hundred bucks for two seats. Back in 1993 for my brother and I, when teams win, when matchups are good, ticket prices are going to go up. I got news for you. You could have gotten a ticket against Baltimore here two weeks ago for like 10 bucks. All right. I mean, and, and I'm just guessing. I don't I don't go to scalpers. I mean, how you can scalp nowadays and everything being electronic and how you do that on the phone. I, I, I have no idea how that works. But I've had people asking me about it, saying, you know, blue, I. You know, I want to get tickets. Prices are being raised. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't. You, it's called supply and demand. Yes, all of you want tickets. That's why the prices are astronomical. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. I like if if not everybody and their mother wanted to go to this game, they wouldn't be. Listen, if I'm a season ticket holder, it's hard for me to bash a guy who's about to maybe pay for his entire season tickets by selling one week's worth of games. Like, that that's a lot of money somebody could make by selling these tickets. I can't shame someone for doing that. I remember that, and I also remember at Notre Dame in 2000 or 2001, I think it was 2000, when Nebraska showed up. And Notre Dame was on the verge of firing Bob Davey. And, you know, I tell this story often because I've never seen anything like it, man. They were, they were, that day when it was Florida State against Notre Dame in 93, whatever the allotment was for Florida State, that was it. I, I remember some folks were upset when they found out that we purchased seats because we had 40-yard line seats right in, the, right in the Notre Dame section. It was an alumni section. They hated that. Surrounded by moms and dads and those a little bit older in the tooth. I mean, there were no students anywhere near us. Yeah, they didn't like it. But they really went crazy when Nebraska ate up all those I'm tickets. I'm looking at an overhead shot of that Nebraska game from 2000. It's red. It looks like it's Norman or uh, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. The reason uh, why I remember that game is that's back when I was a, 
a, a, a betting man, and on that same college football Saturday, that's when the Canes never lost, but they lost that day at the University of Washington. Marcus Tuiasasoko. Okay. And I'm, you know, for me, it was big money. I probably had 200 bucks on the Canes, and, and, and they lost that game. But That game kept us out of a national title. So I'm using that analogy for this. I, I do understand some people being aggravated about, okay, I'm moving my tickets, but who am I moving them to? I'm moving them to Dallas Cowboy fans. I, I understand your anger, and I can appreciate your anger. But there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, so, honestly, I mean, I, I would love that place to be jam-packed with Jaguar fans. You also got the holidays a week away, two weeks away. If, if people can get paid three, four times the amount of money, it's going to help them buy Christmas gifts. In, in today's economy, who can fault them uh, for that? So, you know, just kind of speaking out loud here with all that. But I've been getting asked a lot about that. Um, Sneak in. <laughs> Jump the fence. <laughs> uh, this says JJ would be like Bonds getting that home run off a left fielder because the team ran out of pitchers. Yeah, that's what I said a couple of days ago. I like that one. Okay. Yeah. We have a guy who on the phone who swears he's got a great one. Although baseball, don't don't you even though that's a great point by the eighty five eighteen. Don't you believe there's too much respect for the game of baseball that if you knew there was they a historic home yeah, run on the never, line, they would never do that. They would bring, they wouldn't bring in a left fielder. That's true. Uh, the records in baseball are super important. Let's go to a uh, Joe who goes into the night. Welcome. Rick, the the historic seven hundredth home run for Bonds. The opposing team motions to the bullpen and Bonds is BP coach comes out to pitch to <laughs> Yeah, also, that's a good I one. With the, uh, the tickets, too, man. I mean, I got no problem with somebody reselling their ticket, but the dirtbag ticket scalpers who use the bots and buy up all the tickets yeah. and then resell them, that's the problem. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. How crazy would it be if the Jags were looking to get into the playoffs with the last game of the season. How electric would that stadium be? It would be absolutely phenomenal. And I will say this, everything I just mentioned about getting rid of tickets, the Dallas fans or the holidays here, there's no way these Jaguar fans are selling those tickets to, to Tennessee Titan fans. That, that much uh, we, we do know. Especially with the playoffs hanging in the balance. Yeah. I, this is a real legitimate shot. It's going to happen. Let me check the money here real quick. We'll begin with that tomorrow night with the Philly Godfather. But let me see if there was any movement today on that Tennessee line. Week 15. Of course, Jacksonville opened up at six. It's down to five. It's down to four and a half. So we've had more movement tonight. So this point's are this point spread's already moved a point and a half since it was released forty eight hours ago. It was released on Sunday night. Again, it opened Dallas minus six. It's now Dallas minus four and a half. Let me find the Tennessee matchup here. Tennessee goes to Los Angeles. They'll take on the Chargers. Right now, LAC favored by three. So it'd be nice Seems to have. 
be nice to have Derwin James back. That would certainly, if you're going to run the king, right? And I imagine that's the game plan again. Run that's the king. Yeah. You'd like to have Derwin James uh, buckling up against your defense. At least that would be my opinion. If you get a lot on the Favre-Strahan deal here, uh, no doubt about it, that, that is, uh, yeah, that was cheap. I, yeah, r- records mean something to me. Achievement means something to me. Alex Ovechkin should be supported for 800 goals. And you'll get it. I mean, ESPN's done an awful job. I follow this stuff. Four unanswered empty net goals. They had a, you know, top story on their, ba- on their hockey page. And, you know, you have to go into the story to find out it was an empty netter. Anyway, you can always spin it, right? You can always spin it. But tonight, he's got two early. We've got a minute remaining in the first. Well, wait a minute. That's Chicago now. So we got a hockey game, 2-1. They score during the final minute of the first period. So there you go. Capital fans, one of the original six in Chicago. The Blackhawks playing at home tonight. Great place to see a hockey game. Boy, they suck, though. Boy, they, they got so good when I left. The seven years I was in Chicago, only they won one. like three. Oh, after you left. The won. seven years I was in Chicago, only one team won a championship. Can you name it? Um, so it wasn't the Bulls. I was there from 2000. I got back here in August of 2006, right before the start of football season. The Cubs. No, the Cubs 2016. Um, Cubs. White Sox. Cubs had the meltdown in 2003. Just like the Red Sox did. So the White Sox with Ozzy Gee? Right. You had Bartman the one night. Then you had Grady Little who left in Pedro. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Boone hit that 12th inning home run Twelfth uh, inning home run over off of Wakefield. That was on the air for those games. Both of them. Cubs in. You should have seen DiGiacomo, DiGiacomo, and Jakiro after the Bartman deal. Then the era by Gonzalez. Oh, my the goodness. The other Alex Gonzalez. Right. They were both playing in that game. That was a routine ground ball. Yes. To shortstop. Nobody talks about that play. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Poor Be- Bartman, man. Because ba- it's so easy to be the blame game and then leave it. Like, the whole world blames Bill Buckner in 86. The Red Sox don't get anywhere near the World Series without the play of the late Bill Buckner. And the game was already tied by then because Rich you know, Bob Stanley came in and, and threw a wild pitch. Or Rich Gedman was in the crouch like it was a, a game being played on, like, April 15th. You know, it was like a it was like a Detroit-Boston game, and it's 40 degrees out, and it's the, you know, ninth game of the year instead of it being the sixth game of the World I Series. Say, and in both those situations, there was an X-Night. There was a game the yep. next night. Oh, Red Sox got off to a 2 nothing lead in Game 7 on a home oh, run by Dwight Evans. I didn't know that. Yeah? And also, going back to Bartman real quick, we have to break, but I'm not positive that Moises Alou even makes that play. I mean, that that's sort of a reach. Uh, that would have been tough. He makes it seem like like a hundred out of a hundred times he easily catches that. I I disagree. Well, what about the knuckleheads right next to him who went for the ball yeah, just like he did? So lucky they didn't touch that. Those ball. guys have skated through life unscathed. They if that ball moved six inches, it would have hit someone else's hand. All right, we do have to take our final break of the night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
All right, Chad Muma listed as the starter this week on the depth chart that came out today, the Jaguars game release against the Cowboys. Of course, he missed last week's game. Uh, Devin Lloyd took every snap defensively for Jacksonville. So we'll have an update tomorrow. That'll include the ankle of Trayvon Walker. Starting right tackle, Terrence Steele, gone for the year with the Cowboys. They are probably going to go with 40-year-old Jason Peters at right tackle. 19th year in the league. So we're going to have some Dallas guests on later in the week, really preview this game. It's just so exciting to have uh, relevant football here in the middle part of December. It's, it's you know, and, and the way I look at it is in, enjoy it. Enjoy all week. Don't, don't be in such a hurry for it to be, oh, can't wait for Sunday. Well, you know, enjoy the rest of tonight and, and tomorrow and Thursday and, and kind of bask in all of this. And then let's get it on Sunday at 1. And we'll see. Can the Jaguars keep this thing rolling? And, of course, Tennessee on the road as well. They're going to have to win in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's going to have to win out in L.A. Uh, let me wrap it up with this. I, I, this is the best thing I've seen all day with Mike Leach. It, it, there's so many great things that that he did and he said. And, you know, I to me, to me it's a little bit like Vince Scully. I mean, it, it's not too often when a coach goes where even though I – you know, I, I I interviewed him here when I when Texas Tech played Virginia, and I did the sideline reporting uh, during a Gator Bowl years ago. And I I know I did a couple of interviews with him. I looked for him earlier today. I couldn't find anything, but I I certainly didn't know him. But didn't it feel like you knew him? Kind of yes. like you know a broadcaster. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean Joe Paterno and these coaches pass. They're legendary. Obviously, I knew about him personally. I never knew Mike Leach, but it felt like I knew Mike Leach, and 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 that was what was different about him. But but this is something I saw today, and I want to read it to you. It's a conversation that was told to a writer uh, one time. Mike Leach told one of his players that he wasn't going to play probably at all, uh, but that he'd like him to start coaching as a student assistant. The kid got pissed and left his office, came back the next day, and took the job. That man was Lincoln Riley. Oh, my God. That's so good. Yeah, his coaching tree is thick, man. Uh, my personal favorite story was from Matt Hayes of XL Primetime today who said he was doing a phone interview with Mike Leach and he heard the toilet fly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, he he was one of a kind. So that rest was in a peace. Great conversation. He went way too early at yeah, the age absolutely. of sixty-one. Too many people are going too early, folks. I appreciate. It. I know we were a little bit spirited when we got things started, but I am a, a person who wants to see others out there survive and succeed. Truly, when I get away from sports, that's the way that I am. Appreciate that. I know I got a lot of feedback on it. Whether you agree with me. Or disagree with me. Uh, Appreciate it anyway. That's it. Six to eight the rest of the week, including Thursday, Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island. Friday at the Bricks. I'll have two tickets for the Jaguars and Cowboys. Compliments of Miller Lite. That'll be Friday, six to eight. Hackers up next. Tomorrow night we'll do it six to eight as well. For JJ, I'm Rick Ballou.